welcome to Imposter Women, the show that helps you tackle your life and business goals unapologetically and with confidence. I'm your host, Lauren Troxell, here with my co-host, Melissa Hassong. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting with co-host Melissa about her amazing journey into the coaching world. Mel's business endeavors started with a love for motorcycles that took her around the world, literally, and has evolved into a coaching business. If you ever wondered how to turn your passion into a business or about shifting gears and directions with your business, this episode is for you. Hey, Lauren, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for that intro. That was so sweet. And I love the motorcycle pun. You said shifting gears. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that. Trying to throw all the puns in there, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Yeah, I am so excited to dive into your business and learn all about what you're doing and all the incredible things of how you have went on this remarkable journey of starting your business. Well, before we get started, do you have any weekly wins? Oh, yeah. Let me think about this. Um, so one of my wins this week was um, I put together like a new sort of download for my community, um, which I've been working on for a little bit. So it's got journal prompts and then affirmations in it as well. And um, those were things that were like very foundational to my whole process of self-discovery and starting a business and getting to where I am now. So yeah, I put down all my favorite um, journal prompts and yes, I think it is available like on my link for Instagram. I should probably check that, but yeah, it's on there. Um, And that just felt really good. I I used Canva for it. So I love Canva makes everything so easy. Definitely. Wow. That is a great win. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. I would say um, this week for me, my big win is I have sold my first product on Facebook market that will be a shipping product. So um, someone purchased a purse and I am going to attempt shipping shipping it. So we'll see how this process goes. I've usually done like door-to-door pickup and stuff. So I'm excited to um, go through this avenue and work through the kinks and figure it all out. Whoa, good job. That sounds like really scary. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) I've had a few issues and luckily like the women that I've worked with, I've worked with two different people and um, this last person worked with me and we were able to work out the kinks and figure it out and she purchased and now I'm like, oh, I need to ship it. So (laughs) I'm excited to move forward with that. Good job. So how does that work? Do they pay you first or is it included in what you pay? They actually pay through Facebook and then um, I get a notification that someone purchased a product and I have to print the shipping label out and then go and ship it. And then once they verify that they got it and I'm able to like verify that I sent it, then Facebook will release the funds to me. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think eBay is kind of similar. It's like you have to verify that you sent it and then they the, the buyer is supposed to verify as well. So I'm not quite sure what happens if the buyer doesn't verify, but they're supposed to. So mm. um, yeah. Whoa, that's such a good thing to know, like with your candle business as well. Yeah. Like any business where you sell products, like that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Because that's the thing, like you're trusting someone to buy your product and if you're shipping it, you don't know if they, like I had one person before where we couldn't get Facebook figured out and she Venmoed me half. And then when she received it, she Venmoed me the other half, but that's taking a leap of faith. You don't know who exactly you're working with and stuff. So having that third party there where Facebook covers it, if there's any issues um, is nice to know. So yeah. Oh, congrats. That's massive. Good job. Yeah. I'm excited. Right. So like I mentioned at the top of the episode, today we're going to be talking about Mel's entrepreneurship journey into the world of coaching. As mentioned in previous episodes, I actually have had the privilege of seeing Mel go through her entire entrepreneurship journey. Um, I was there in those mastermind sessions when she first started 
entertaining the idea of leaving her nine to five. And then when she took on motorcycle coaching and now becoming a mentor um, in coaching. So let's dive in. Mel, can you tell us a little bit about your coaching business and what exactly it is? Yeah, for sure. So I'm a mindset and manifestation coach. And really the transformation that I offer clients is basically taking you from where you are to where you want to be. So whether that's just kind of stuck and frustrated in your work or kind of just where you're at in life to finding that crystal clear clarity, finding your life purpose again, and just having kind of that internal drive and knowing that like you're here for a reason and you're here for really amazing things. And I work with my clients one-on-one to unlock sort of that power that we all have within us and just to flourish really. And I, I believe that we all have that within ourselves. You know, if you, if you have that feeling for something more then it's because you are designed for something more, you were placed here um, to do incredible things and, and we're all so unique. So I just try to help clients unlock that. You know, I think they already have that within themselves. We all have that, but it's really, um, it can be helpful in my experience to have someone else help you kind of hold up that mirror so you can see it for yourself. And um, so, I, yeah, I'm a mindset and manifestation coach at the moment. Um, I have an online course. So I actually started doing the motorcycle stuff, which we'll talk about in a second. But I have an online course called How to Be a Badass Biker Babe and Live Your Best Life. That's how I got started. I have a motorcycle journal out on Amazon. So you could find that. I think you just type my name in and then I do, you know, one-on-one client sessions and all of those sessions are online at the moment. So um, that's kind of what I do like in a nutshell, but I'm sure there's more to it than than what I can remember right now. (laughs) Wow. That is so cool. I love hearing the ins and outs of what you are doing and all the different avenues that you're exploring. And it's just so cool that you get to um, really help women unlock their potential. There's so many of us, I mean, especially doing this podcast, like it's called imposter women because so many of us feel like imposters and are nervous to take that jump or the plunge, but you know, deep down it's in there. And it's just sometimes having that person to be a mentor, give you that little push or really unlock that potential is just such a rewarding job to be in. So um, you're really just helping people achieve their dreams like every day. And that's got to be such an amazing feeling as you go through that. So yeah, uh, thank you for that. It is it is incredible. Um, I am obsessed with what I do. But I've got to say, like, I got to give the credit to the client. You know, I help them. We have great conversations. But ultimately, the client does the work. And um, for me to be witness to that and to kind of see that transformation in my clients and then they go maybe to transition jobs or start a new business or just like have amazing relationships is really beautiful to witness and yeah I just pinch myself every day I feel very lucky that's so amazing and I can't wait to see where your business goes um so you originally have a background in economics we went to grad school together uh you were you were going for economics and so how did you switch from this like data entry, heavy desk work job into the field of coaching? And has economics helped you out with your business in any way? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. Yes to all of the above. So I started in econ and I was a heavily analytical person, very strategic. I loved spreadsheets. I loved crunching numbers and making graphs. So that is really different to what I do now. And honestly, to think that kind of where I was. And, you know, at the top of the episode, I mentioned like, you know, if you feel stuck, then I can help you sort of get out of that. I was, I was super stuck in the econ, you know, I loved it. I thought I loved it. And then, um, really what kind of helped me transition out of that was like doing a lot of deep inner work of personal growth, personal development, and realizing that economics wasn't who I was. I was good at it. And that's why I pursued it because I I was, came very natural to me but it wasn't what I wanted out of my life. I didn't want to be doing spreadsheets forever. And it just didn't like when I kind of came to that realization, it just like, I couldn't forget about it. I was like, this isn't who I am. You know, Um, I just fell into it because I knew it would lead to a good career. So yeah, I just 
did so much. I went to a lot of conferences at the time, personal development. I was reading so many books. I really got into goal setting. So like Lauren, you were totally there, like you mentioned, for all of the start of my business. So um, that really helped me see like what I was capable of outside of like the obvious skills that came natural in econ. So I think that was kind of really how it started. But economics has been really really helpful in the business, you know, econ at the foundation, even if you've like never studied econ, it's about demand and supply and buying things and making decisions on how to spend your money. It's about how to find money in the, in the economy and basically human behavior kind of within that whole like paradigm, I guess, if you want to call it. So it's been immensely helpful for me kind of thinking through like, what kind of product or service do I want to offer the market that they need, but like also they want to buy and then understanding people's behavior and like how they choose to spend their money is another big one to be like, well, of all the options of the things that anyone can buy, like why would they choose my service? Like how do I add value to that um, decision for them? And then also like the pricing is kind of fun to play with as well. So you just, you play with the numbers, you know, if you want to make a certain amount every week, you can sell like a bunch of cheaper products. For example, you can sell like a hundred ten dollar products, or you could sell ten ten dollar products. Does that math make sense? I think you get the point. I don't think that's the right math, <laughs> but like you could send like a lot of a cheap thing, or you could send spend less amount for more price. So it's just p- playing with the numbers essentially. Um, so I think that has helped as well. So, yeah, but I don't, I don't really think of econ like in that kind of theoretical way that we learned in grad school. Um, I tr- I've tried to distance myself a little bit from that. So it's, so it's like less, um, less serious. Like I try to keep it fun, I guess. That totally makes sense. And you have a lot of gold nuggets within everything that you just said. Um, I mean, economics really is a foundation of a lot of our business, knowing your supply, your demand, what product you're offering, and just knowing what what scale you wanted to keep it at. at when you were at your nine to five, it sounds like it was just really data heavy and there wasn't much creativity and stuff going on there where now you get to use what you've learned from your degrees and make it work for your business. And you do so many spreadsheets for our podcast management. And now we're starting to get into um, the financials part of it. So it's so helpful to have you on our team and just use those expertise as well. So it comes in handy, but sometimes uh, your background might not show up in what you want moving forward the way you thought it would, but it shows up in other avenues. So really cool to, to hear that story. And I think our listeners can really appreciate that. So how did you know when you needed to quit your nine to five? Was there like a moment that just stood out that you said, all right, I'm done and just quit? Or was it something that you started your business and you built up to a certain amount and then you quit? Yeah, gosh, that's such a good question for reflection. And as you were saying that something popped into my head that like, um, this is going to sound weird, but it's real. And I can't think of another way to phrase it. But like, I've always had a problem with authority (laughs) and um, like not a rebel child, but like, I just didn't like people telling me what to do. Like I always, you know, had bosses that were like, tell me things. And I'd be like, no, like we should do this. Or like, I don't think that's good. I didn't verbalize that obviously, because I wanted to keep my job. But like, I, I just noticed a pattern of behavior over several years and then one one day, like I said um, to Zach, I was like, I think I'm the problem. Like, I don't, I just don't think that I'm like good at being an employee maybe. Um, so that was like one realization where I can be like, that was a massive, massive light bulb moment for me. And it went, I guess, and like part of my personal development journey, it went from me blaming everyone to taking accountability and like that personal responsibility and saying like no it's me like I need to either get better and and do my job better or like be a better employee or I need to go solo and like figure this out for real because I can't keep complaining about my bosses forever so so that was definitely one thing and then I think just that personal growth journey that I talked about you know I'd always 
wanted to start a business, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, I really got to see where this goes. And then um, it just, uh, it just kept, it just, I couldn't not think about it. I was like, I got to do something with this. It's, it's here. I can't, I could not stop thinking about it. Gosh, I got the chills just hearing that because what you just said, I have been thinking the same thing of like, I've been working these jobs. I've had wonderful bosses, but I always have had an issue with authority as well. Like, and I, I can definitely respect people and do the work and stuff, but I was never satisfied with things. And I was like, but what about this way? Why aren't we doing it this way? And like, um, I always put blame on others. And then part of me would always kind of be like, is there something wrong with me? Like what's going on here? And now I'm realizing just as you did, it's like, oh, these ideas just keep popping up and they're not going away. And I keep thinking about them all the time. So we need to act on it and figure out what's going on. So yeah, totally relate to that. (laughs) Oh, how funny is that? Yeah. Cause you just quit your nine to five, like last week. So this might even be more fresh for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was one of the big things is just like, I'm ready to be my own boss and see where that goes. So. Oh, congrats. Is it so, it's so transformational when you realize that. It really is. Yeah. And like you said, it's not that those bosses were bad bosses. They were wonderful people, but just like, I just couldn't fit into that square anymore. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta let loose. Like I gotta express the shape that I feel right now. Yes. And I have definitely like been applying to jobs. I mean, you've seen me apply to jobs for the last like two years trying to get the right job and all the rejections. And now I'm like, I have no interest in applying to anything. Like I want to focus on like my jobs um, that I'm interested in and see where they go because I can't really get rejected from myself. So, (laughs) you know, real snaps to that. So did you have any courses or did you have to attain any certificate, like certificates to become a mindset coach? What's that journey like? For sure. That's actually a really good question. And the answer is a little funky because the coaching industry is not regulated. So anyone can go online and call themselves a coach and get clients and get paid. But what that means is there's basically no quality control. Like you don't know who that person is or like what their experiences is or if they're actually going to like hold space and like create that transformation that you might be looking for as a client. So you, you certainly do not need to be certified. I felt it was very, very important to me to really show up for my clients in the best way that I can. And, and the way that I saw that was to get certified. So um, I do have an official certification. It's from a coaching company called Yes Supply Co., Um, They're out of Toronto and Canada. And so within that, I'm certified in five things. I'm certified as a mindset coach. I'm certified in neuro-linguistic programming, which is just kind of a way of like using your brain and your language for you. So it's not, not against you. EFT tapping, hypnosis, and then neural energetic wiring. Um, So we did like really heavy coursework and practice, I guess, you know, practice client sessions in all of that. Um, And then I've kind of marketed myself as a mindset and manifestation coach. So it's all sort of in that package. That's fascinating. And I'd love to like dive more into each of those because I'm not quite sure what NLP is or EFT tapping, but like how would our listeners, let's say they want to go for a certification, like where do you start? Like how do you know what place is credible, what's not? Um, was your, your certification, it had five things. Is that common or not? Sorry, just asked a lot of questions there. <laughs> no, no, I think that's good though, because, um, it, for me, it was like a, a big research heavy process, but I think I started at the, so if someone's interested, you could type, um, international coaching federation, and then they're sort of like the self-appointed like body of coaching. So they have a lot of resources you can get like, um, you can get certified through them. They also kind of have a database of coaches. So I think that's where I started. I'd also read a lot of books by coaches. So I kind of knew their certification. So I started there. Like I started with people that I trusted and respected and looked at their backgrounds. And then you try to find like common themes. And then I would look at those um, companies 
and see if it was a fit for me. So when I was shopping around, it was really important for me to have like that in in person practice with clients because you know you can do theory forever kind of like what I did with econ but like unless you until you actually do it I felt like I I wouldn't feel proficient in it um so I came across yes supply because it was very um, very hands-on and that's why and it was all virtual because I just moved to Australia at the time so yeah it, it ticked all of my boxes it was in my you know my price range so um that's kind of what drove all of those decisions that's so helpful um because I I wouldn't even know like where to start so just saying that you kind of went to the international certification website is that right? And then yep. just watching and following the mentors and like respected coaches that you've had and starting mm-hmm. there. Um, and then I'm sure there's just a whole range of certifications that you could get with different bundles and stuff. Can you briefly describe like what NLP is, EFT tapping and neural energetic wiring is? Yeah. So NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. So this is a really powerful sort of technique that came out of the 70s that is about programming our brains to work for us. So our unconscious mind, our subconscious is all, it's like a supercomputer, like in the background, like beep, 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 constantly processing information, beliefs, values, everything in our, in our world, but we aren't always consciously aware of that stuff. So NLP involves how we use language to kind of program those beliefs in, Um, So there's like a bunch of techniques within that that you can start to use that that really empower you to kind of embrace new beliefs um, that you actually want to have and none of that sort of junk that we just like absorb as, as, um, you know, before the age of seven when the subconscious mind is still getting formed. And then EFT tapping. So EFT stands for uh, electric... Um, hang on edit this bit out okay oh okay (laughs) so EFT tapping stands for emotional freedom technique and this is a really powerful method that I've used with clients um, to reduce anxiety and stress and the way that it works is it uses kind of the electrical circuits, meridians in our bodies, and you tap on these certain things while saying these beliefs and sort of leaning into emotion you feel. And it basically re-regulates all of those emotions within your body and kind of brings you back to center. So it, you can, I've had clients start at like, you know, in a, an intensity of like 10 out of 10, I feel this way in this emotion and then reduce that down to zero, like within minutes. And then at the end of it, which I really love, is you start to tap in like empowering affirmations. Um, And I think that's like a really, really fun way to work with clients to just kind of really um, convince that unconscious mind again of like, yes, you are powerful. Yes, you are a badass. Like you can do whatever you want. So a lot of that is included. And then hypnosis is just another tool. So that is about really deep relaxation kind of relaxing like all the chatter in our mind constantly that's going on so we can um you know those sessions go for about an hour but the hypnosis part is a lot of just getting into that deep relaxed state and then you kind of start with the treatment and you kind of embed these like really powerful um empowering beliefs into that and then neural energetic wiring again is kind of like energy work like energy um sort of balancing your energies again, just to make our brains work for us instead of against us. That is so fascinating. The world or the mind is such a powerful source of energy and just learning how to work with the mind and the subconscious and, um, and everything is just fascinating. The work that you can probably get done with clients um, by tapping into so many parts of our brain that have never been tapped. Um, do you, so like with all this, do you see your business being more of an online business, a hybrid or in-person business? Yeah. So at the moment it's a hundred percent online and that's by design. Really. I have done in-person clients, um, just because of out of convenience really, because they were sort of located close to me. 
but um, 100% online, everything is via Zoom. And then, you know, I have my website, you know, my socials and then all my emails and YouTube stuff. That's yeah, 100% online. That's so interesting. Fascinating too. So you can kind of do both with the hybrid and just see whichever way you want. Um, But it works well right now, especially being in Australia and just trying to keep building your clients. So how did you, um, how have you decided on like how many clients you want to take on, um, how long to work with each client and like, how did you find those clients? Yeah. So at the moment I have like a, I guess my, my flagship product service is a six week uh, client coaching package. So that's where I kind of offer you, offer clients that transformation from getting stuck to finding like crystal clear clarity, even if you've never done mindset work or any manifestations before. And then, so that's the six week. I also do like one-on-one kind of one-off sessions. So Um, for example, like a smoking cessation hypnosis session I have coming up. I've done, I've done a ton of EFT, like one-offs that are just, um, you know, a client might come to me and be like, well, I'm really going through this right now. Can we do some EFT to, to balance? So I'll do those. Yeah. I think like, I would love to work that into a group coaching package. So that's kind of like a stretch for me. I think that would be the next step. But yeah, I have, I think probably in my, in my schedule, I have capacity for about 10 one-on-one clients at the moment, but you know, infinite capacity if I can scale to the group. Cause if you have like, again, with the econ, with the numbers, if you have like 10 people in a zoom or 20 people in a zoom, you know, that's, um, more time efficient than like one person. Um, but I find my clients mostly through Instagram, which is wild, um, because the internet is such a thing. Yeah. I would say a lot of my clients are a leftover from the motorcycle stuff. So I was, I started the motorcycle coaching back in 2019 and, um, I got like a huge following from doing all the motorcycle content and then people just kind of kept in touch and, and loved to follow the story and kind of like, that whole motorcycle to mindset vibe that like I made up still not sure it's a thing but um yeah and then what's the other way to the personal network as well um you know just people that I know or friends of friends that I know who are like oh Mel's a coach like you know what do you do like tell me about it and then you know they might sign up for a package or something you read my mind with the economics part as you were trying to take fewer clients and you kind of, you know, economically think about your supply and your demand, you have fewer clients and uh, you could spend more time with them and uh, charge a different rate compared to like several clients for 20 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing about the group coaching, you know, in addition to it just being like way more efficient, but I just love being in groups. And the very first product that I made in my coaching career was that online course. And I loved it. It was so exciting. It sold really well. It had a great, great response from like my motorcycle community. But I realized that I really just wanted to work with those women in person. And especially like, I just love working with women, working with other women. And I think that's something that I get out of this podcast is like us working together as opposed to like when I'm in my business, it's just me. So that's kind of what how I envision the group coaching program, like similar to our masterminds, like you learn so much more when you're with others who are also learning that it, I feel like it really amplifies the lessons and just the whole experience. So that's that's kind of my vision for the group group program. Like I just think it would be so fun to work with like a lot of clients at once. I love that. I love that you you know, you tried one thing with offering this this um, coaching online because you, you recorded a whole online course that yeah. people could buy at any time. But as you mentioned, once that's online, you're not really with the women as they're going through it. They can reach out and talk to you and you can set up meetings to talk about it, but not 
physically be there with them. And so to learn that about yourself and that that group setting just brings you so much energy and, and it's just such a different vibe and, and shifting your business toward that is just really cool to hear that you continue to grow. You find out what you like and what you don't like and what works best for you. So, um, with that, I'm just wondering, like, we're kind of backtracking a little, but how did you get into the motorcycle idea and mindset motorcycling and combining those two and then um, moving into this coaching side of things? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that was so funny. So I, um, gosh, I want to say it was like five years ago now I learned to ride motorcycles and um, I, I guess from my perspective, I am not someone who is like, traditionally you would expect to ride motorcycles. I didn't grow up riding. I didn't have any friends at the time that rode motorcycles. Um, I just didn't fit that image. You know, like if you can imagine like a badass biker babe, like I was not that. So I was like, I worked at a hospital. I was in economics. I was like very doing everything right, following the rules. Um, and then uh, Zach actually got a job where he started riding, riding motorcycles for his job. So he had to learn to ride and I was super against it, but I was like, whatever, <laughs> do it. Like you have to do it. So do it. And then eventually I rode as passenger and became obsessed immediately and then learned to ride. And that's how I started setting my setting goals. So, so when I was doing that personal development journey, a lot of it was the motorcycle journey too, because I realized that I was capable of this activity that I never, ever considered myself to want to do. But not only that, I was pretty good at it. And then I started to set goals about like how many miles each, each week would I ride? Like, where would I go? You know, how many miles do I want to ride every year? And and I like I set those goals and I crushed all of them. And then um, other women would come up to me and be like, that's so cool that you ride motorcycles. Like I could never do that. And I was like, yes, you can. Like I, I never used to think I could do it, but like, if I can do it, you can do it. And that, that really kind of planted the seed for me about the mindset thing, because, you know, we're all can do these things for the most part, but it's whether or not we will allow ourselves to like embrace that and like getting the mindset right of like overcoming your fears and getting started and letting it be messy and not be perfect. So, so much of that came out of my motorcycle journey. And um, yeah, so I, I did my online course and then I thought a lot of the content in that online course was mindset. Like half of it was mindset. Like the second half was mostly like the logistics of where to get certified to ride, what kind of motorcycle to buy, what gear do you get? How do you find friends? How do you get these resources? But the first half was all about mindset. And then I thought, well, what if I could bring this to a wider audience that maybe didn't resonate with the motorcycle stuff? Because again, you know, I didn't have a motorcycle background. So a lot of, even though I had new motorcycle friends, a lot of my existing community didn't ride. So they would maybe like resonate with being a badass and like overcoming fears, but they'd be like, absolutely not will I ever ride motorcycles it's not for everyone that's totally fine but I was like but how can I help women who don't want to ride motorcycles but like like resonate with the motorcycle mindset so that's kind of where I was like oh like let me take all this mindset stuff that goes into that and like package it right. that isn't explicit <laughs> about motorcycles <laughs> so, so that's kind of what I did and then um yeah so I that's kind of I just shifted my content a little bit. I still have the motorcycle stuff in there because it, it's a huge part of who I am and what I do. It's a huge passion in my life. Um, and it's a big part of my story now, but that's how it shifted to the mindset stuff. And, you know, at the start of it, I was just like, this makes no sense. This is silly. This is dumb. Like I made this thing up. No one's going to get it. But luckily pe some people did. <laughs> so, yeah, I just keep I just keep going with it and it's like motorcycle mindset coaching, you know, be a badass, you know, embrace your power. That that's kind of the vibe that I go for really. I think it's so 
inspirational too because coming like you shared in your story you didn't have a background in motorcycles and there's so many things still out there today that a lot of people want to try want to do but they just don't know anyone in it it's not a part of their upbringing they're not surrounded by anyone who does it but it's something that's kind of like oh I want to do it but they're like me how would I ever do that you know so um just to be able to like inspire other women to be like hey you can be this badass like you don't have to look a certain part to be a badass motorcyclist you know like you just need to learn the basics and find a good group to be a part of and change your mindset and uh so 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 fascinating how you ran with that, created something because you saw a demand for it and um, ran with that. And then um, it's now taking you on another journey as well. So um, kind of going, bouncing off of all of that with your motorcycle journey, you just went on an incredible motorcycle journey, uh, your big move to Australia, and then you motorcycled slash backpacked around for a month. Um, while starting a business and and coaching and finishing the certification, can you tell us a little bit about that? How did you keep a business going and, and still follow your dreams of traveling? Yeah. Um, it was an epic road trip and I guess the answer to your question is I don't know how I did it. It was, um, it was a six week motorcycle road trip, my husband and I, so we'd only moved to Australia a couple months before that. And we bought, um, we had nothing, like zero belongings to our name, by the way. We just got off a plane and like started living at my brother's house. And then we were like, first things first, let's buy motorcycles, which, you know, maybe not a responsible choice, (laughs) but the best choice, like literally the best choice we've ever made. So we went out and bought um, the same motorcycle. We got Honda Africa Twins. So it's an adventure motorcycle. And you basically can go on-road and off-road on these bikes. They're nice and big, all the luggage and touring accessories. And we hit the road. We drove um, across Australia, so south to north and then back again. And um, it was, gosh, it was like one of the highlights of my life so far. So much fun. We, yeah, we backpacked or we um, tent camped. So we would, you know, pull over at campsites if we were lucky, but mostly it was just random places on the side (laughs) of the road um but it was so amazing and we met um, incredible people just the people you meet traveling and um yeah very lucky to do it and then on the way home we came back through the outback which is absolutely stunning this is a really really special place and um you know so to your question about like how did I how did I run a business I definitely cut back on a lot of things um not because I wanted to, but just logistically, like Wi-Fi was incredibly hard to find. Um, so I, you know, I wasn't doing my emails. I wasn't doing YouTube. I did record on my GoPro um, quite a bit. So stay tuned. I haven't edited that yet. But um, yeah, I kind of actually, Lauren, you were like super instrumental in helping me process that. Because Aww. if you remember, I was really worried about leaving everything. And you were like, you're like, girlfriend, You just need to like embrace it, enjoy it and treat it, if anything, like a content gathering idea generation, Mm -hmm. like have ideas, write them down, enjoy the process, take photos if you want, that sort of thing. Um, Because I was so stressed about it. But, you know, I remember, um, God, the Wi-Fi situation. So like one particular example, (laughs) we were in the Outback, Outback New South Wales and I was like, Zach, I got to upload this thing. I've, I've really got, I think I was editing it something for the podcast and I was like, Zach, we've got to stop for a couple hours and I need to get Wi-Fi so I can upload this to the drive. And we were in Cobar, New South Wales, which was an old mining town. And I was desperately trying to find Wi-Fi. I had my laptop like in the trunk of my motorcycle and had my um, external drive out being like, please, please, please. <laughs> Wi-Fi did not work. So I had to go to a cafe and yeah, it ended up just being a whole huge thing, but eventually it uploaded. They had great Wi-Fi. 
and um I got it uploaded but that that was really the story of the whole trip was like me trying to find wi-fi I was trying to cram for my certification because I still had class um and then I had to you know do all this work in between so um I mean that is the beauty of having an online business though is like you can do stuff like that I I'm, I could not have done that with any other job I've ever had before um to to keep things going but kind of keep them like pared back and bare bones but um yeah the whole experience was 10 out of 10 I would do it all again you know no questions so yeah so grateful it was an amazing experience it's such an incredible journey and to be able to um still keep working and really enjoying and be on the road and very excited to see all of your photos and everything from the GoPro. But that kind of gets back to like the work-life balance and running a business because a lot of people want to become an entrepreneur for that sense of freedom to be able to go where they need to go, have their own schedule, their own hours. Maybe it's traveling or spending more time with family or whatever your why is. Um, and so it's it's so great to hear stories like that because um, we, there, there is this concept of when you become an entrepreneur, all of a sudden you're working 50 to 80 to hundred hours to scale your business and do all this. But there's also that other side of it, of being able to enjoy and learning to set those boundaries. Or even if you take a vacation like that, like you said, Mel, to be able to say like, this is a creative experience right now where I'm, um, I'm, I'm becoming in tune with more creative ideas, getting some inspiration to build content yep. and looking at it from a different perspective and angle, as opposed to I'm just traveling versus I need to be working and keeping them as two separate things. You could truly blend it in a beautiful way. So do you feel like um, with running a business, you have a good work-life balance so far? Is that something you're still working on? Oh, no, I think I've, I've gotten a lot better, 100%, gotten a lot better. When I first started, um, I, man, I used to pull long days. I would pull 10 to 12 hours plus, and I'm not saying that as an example that anyone should, le- like, I don't want to be, like, anyone's example because it was really hectic and I put so much stress Um. I just, I did it to myself. No one told me to do that, but I was just like so dedicated and just didn't want to fail that I did really long hours. Um, but I've definitely cut that back. You know, I might do, depending on the day, I might do like four, but it's probably like five to six. I would think mostly, um, hundred percent could do more than that, but I just find that with the move and everything, that's kind of been my sweet spot. Um, but yeah, I think I do have good work-life balance. You know, I can, flex my client sessions around um well you know the time zones obviously so um I find that I that I do have the flexibility and the freedom to do a lot of the personal stuff that I that I really want to do with family and friends what a great growth opportunity you know to really go from feeling this way of I have to do 10 to 12 hours to setting boundaries and figuring out how you can really work more effectively and efficiently rather than just clocking in per se. Um, do you, did you ever feel like an imposter? It almost sounds like that process was kind of an imposter process of like an entrepreneur. I must be working 80 hours a week. Like, were there any times that stick out to you, um, about being an imposter? Do you feel like it comes in waves as you grow and expand and try new things? Yeah, it's, um, no, it, it always comes in waves. I think every time, um, I'm trying to up level or learn something new or stretch in some way, like it'll come back a little bit. It's not as bad as it was at the start for sure. Like I remember when I was doing the motorcycle coaching, man, I had it bad. I was such an imposter. I remember, um, we were, so like when I became a motorcycle coach, I was, the only woman in the cohort of 12 um, and then about 15 years younger than everyone else in the room, you know, some of them were like much, much older than I was. And man, I would like not be able to sleep when, cause that was like a month long thing. 
we were in Hutchinson, Minnesota, a tiny little town. We um, would like go there on weekends and I couldn't even sleep the nights in between. I was so nervous and panicky about going into like a hugely male dominated industry and essentially like becoming an expert at it um, at such a young age. (laughs) And, um, it was all in my head. No one ever said, Mal, you suck. You shouldn't, no one ever said you shouldn't be here. But like, I was so in my head about it. that like, I swear I was shaking that first day. Like I was so nervous and I like didn't talk at all. But then, you know, I just realized like other people were nervous too. And everyone else was like verbally very unsure of themselves and very, (laughs) very nervous and like critical of themselves. And I thought, oh shit, you guys have got this too. Like, even though they were older male males who had been riding for like 40 years compared to me riding for four years, you know, I thought I was the imposter, but they were like really ultra nervous too. So I was just like, oh, everyone has it. You know what I mean? So that helped me, um, just kind of calm my nerves and then um like one standout moment was like when we did the practice because you have to do you have to learn to do the motorcycle test yourself and um on the motorcycle in front of everyone so I was like omg (laughs) this I'm so freaking nervous and I thought I did terrible and I swear I probably stalled a hundred times and I thought I was shaking um and I got off and I went over to the to the coaches or the teachers who were teaching us and they're like good job Mel you you got everything right you did a hundred percent and I was like what I must have looked shocked because I didn't believe them and then I was the only person that did so like I I totally did not expect that you know but I think that kind of shows what um like a little faking it till you make it but also just kind of trusting your abilities maybe but um that probably the biggest imposter syndrome I've had in my life for sure I mean it shows up in my business these days a little bit here and there like with the coaching thing but you know with the mindset stuff and and all the hacks that I've taught myself over the years I can overcome it like a little better and quicker than that one particular situation (laughs) for sure wow and just to know that like I mean and in, in hearing your story about just going in and being the only female in there and and just everything was totally in your head and like you were the only one that passed with flying colors and like you know we we just get so in our head about oh my gosh I'm doing it all wrong I can't do this yeah. and really it's just trusting your gut and your instinct that like this is the right feeling I'm going to stumble and fall throughout parts of it but I'm going to have people around me to pick me up and help me out and we're going to get yeah. through it together and like overcoming those things that are just our mind builds up that aren't true, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, really great story to to share. And I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with that. So on that note, just a couple more questions to wrap up. What is your vision for your coaching business? And do you have any advice for our listeners who want to get into coaching? Oh, yeah. So my gosh, my vision for the coaching business it's just kind of more of more of what I'm doing, but scaled up. So like the group coaching program, I definitely want to launch that. I'd love to have a mastermind and then more online courses about the mindset stuff that's like specific to manifestation and that kind of thing. Um, but the podcast like is a huge part of that vision, you know, like I think we've talked about that before and we're working on doing like a group vision board, but like I have huge dreams for this. And like, you know, speaking on stages and like being at conferences, I think that that like definitely dovetails into what my vision is. Um, yeah, because to me, like, you know, they're they're fully complementary, like very similar. And then for I guess if anyone is listening to this and you might your interest might be a little peaked about like, well, I love personal development and maybe like you want to be a coach as well. Um, I guess like I've always looked at it like I've always I've been I was my first and best client um so yeah I mean my first step from there was you know it was going deep into the personal development for several years myself and having that transformation um kind of as like that tangible of like whoa like this is possible like others can do it too 
and then having a vision to like bring that to other people. Um, yeah. So, you know, as we talked about, you know, find a coaching certification, if that's kind of the route you want to go down, uh, make sure it's right for you and then just have fun with it. Like enjoy it, fall in love with your business because you want it to work for you as much as you work in the business as well. So it's all about having that balance and having that lifestyle of your dreams. I love it. You have such a great vision and I love how intertwined the podcast is with your coaching business and um, all the great advice that you have given to our listeners today. Um, I feel like this was just such an inspirational interview and um, I'm just wondering where can everyone find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on the internet, on socials at Melissa Hassong. So that's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, what else? My website is www.herhandlebars.com. So that's for all my coaching information, all my course information is on there. And then, um, but yeah, if you just want to drop me a DM on Instagram, that's probably like the quickest and most easiest way to get to me. So yeah, reach out if you have any questions, or if you just want to chat about anything, I love connecting with women in my community. Even if you ride motorcycles, drop me a line. I'll talk to you for days about that. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much um, for being on and going through an interview because we are the hosts of the podcast, but so nice to know what each of us are doing in our own businesses on top of the podcast. So we covered a lot of ground today. And today we talked about um, a few things. So in our takeaway, we have we talked about doing the inner work to find out what you want and um, looking into those self-help books, the different podcasts, and really digging deep to find out um, what lights your fire. And then we talked about how to get certified and get into the coaching business. There's lots of great tips and resources throughout this podcast, and a lot of it will be linked below. And then we also talked a lot about finding that work-life balance and finding your why within why you're becoming an entrepreneur or a side hustler um, and what that work-life balance means to you. So thank you so much for tuning in and thank you, Melissa, for hanging hey, out with us. It was fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Imposter Women. You can visit the episode description to find all of the show notes from today's episode. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. Subscribing will keep you from missing an episode and it helps us grow Imposter Women. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue to help you chase your dreams unapologetically. See you on the next episode of Imposter Women.